Guys, welcome to Minefields. We're getting closer to 150. Yep. That means one of us has to die. Can we kill up Colin on like issue 102? <laughs> or the resurrection of Colin. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Colin for issue 150. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this was 1993, someone has to die or be resurrected and everyone would be feel happy. With a mullet. Oh, dude, we need Colin to be resurrected in a black suit and a mullet. A black, oh, uh, he would actually do that, by the way. <laughs> he would actually... He's, amazing. He's working on the old sly uh, uh, King of Tulsa show right now. I'm freaking... I texted him today like, yo. Woke up in the morning. I was like, yo. TMZ just reported that Sly is uh, getting divorced from his old lady because of a dog. And he's told me that he's had a dog, like next to him the entire time they've been filming and I'm like you're about to have a bad day and he's like yeah we've been seeing it coming <laughs> and um, oh jeez so it'll be the resurrection of Colin spoiler alert will be a variant cover we should do a variant we should do a variant uh, release <laughs> yeah but the- so he'd be Superman I'd obviously be Batman so you're Wonder Woman. I would love to be Wonder Woman as long as I had a huge set. Uh, but uh, I think I'd rather be in DC. I'd rather be a Green Lantern. Nobody likes Green Lantern. I love Green Lantern, man. Like, freaking back in the day when uh, uh, Jeff Johns was writing Green Lantern, everything was freaking shared. And if you were Green Lantern, you'd be, like, the chipmunk. No, I'd be... You'd be, you'd be chip. No, I, no, I'd be, I'd be Guy Gardner. I mean, almost specifically because I had the bowl cut in the early nineties. Um, oh, cool, that was a bad time for everybody. Cool leather jacket. Like Guy Gardner rules, man. Don't freaking mess with Who that. Likes Guy Gardner. I love That's Guy. The whole reason he's there. I love Guy That's Gardner. The whole reason he's there since he's he's the other lantern. Nah, Guy Gardner should be, like, the one thing that was missing from the Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, like, team-up, that 12-issue series that just ended, was that they should have been, like, partying with Green Lantern at least ending up in a bar with Guy Gardner at the end. Uh, or every other issue. Nobody but you wanted that to happen. There's a lot of people out there that love Green- Guy Gardner. Nobody likes Guy Gardner. I'm glad you said that because he's wacky and we'll get to that later. But the point of the story is, is I saw Pretty Woman. Nobody likes Guy Gardner. (laughs) You saw what for the first time ever? Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. Had one of my favorite, like, late 80s songs, uh, The King of Wish. That might legitimately be the worst segue we've ever segued. Oh, well, I mean, I I can segue the heck out of this, man. Freaking, uh. Proceed then. Had one of my favorite night, uh, late '80s, early '90s tracks, uh, "King of Wishful Thinking." People dancing around on a white screen. No problem. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. that's the inspiration for all of my photos and my white screen. <laughs> no, that's not. That's How does that right. relate to Guy Gardner at all? Oh, because it's completely ridiculous, and uh, the fact that like, I don't think I've ever met a like an actual like human being male born person that really enjoyed Pretty Woman but I freaking love that movie I watched it the other night <laughs> I watched it twice it was hilarious I, like I I, I I never understood the appeal of Julia Roberts but yeah 
Plus they had a bunch of cool cars in the show. George Costanza was in it. Um, yeah, we should probably move on to wrestling. Sorry about that. I don't know. I'm, I used to watch it all the time with my mom back in the day, so it's, it's all right. I and George Costanza was in everything back in the day, so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I'm loving the new do, man. I'm, you got your staples out. Uh, you look great. You look crisp, man. Like, you, you look like there's something about, like, uh, the, the clean cutter uh, Tony Morales. You got the, uh, uh, the, the reeking devil luck there. You mean the goatee? A little bit of a goatee. I mean, in in a certain light, you could be David Draymond from freaking Disturbed. Nah. I used to get Sully from Godsmack all the time. Really? I was, that was a long time ago. That was like 20 years ago. Man, I watched a documentary the other day. Like, it was a 20-minute like revolver interview about who was the chick on the cover from their original... Uh, their original uh, album and mm-hmm. she's like some hippie chick that lives in the woods now and doesn't wear deodorant and signs photos for Godsmack now that's funny oh that was my quintessential go to for girls back in the freaking 90's man like the pixie cut as many piercings and tattoos as you got sign me up but now she's just a hippie chick yeah, that's cool She's evolved. She's happy. That's what matters. But, no, you, you, you 100%, like, if I turned the lights off, you would look like David Draymond because I have my glasses on. I forgot who that was until you freaking said it, so I can't Did you ever go see Disturbed in concert? No, I'm not a, surprisingly not a huge concert guy. I've only been to, like, three in my life. I can imagine. The last time I went to a concert was probably three, four years ago. Me and my wife went to uh, Guns N' Roses. You saw Guns N' Roses for real, real? Oh, yeah, they were amazing. Oh, dude, that's gnarly. Who opened for them? Yeah, they played for like four or five hours straight, no opening act. Freaking Slash was doing handstands. It was crazy. Somebody asked us if we had cocaine. I said no. No, I can see. It was a good time. That sounds awesome, man. Like, no opening band, just straight up GNR. Yep. You know, one For of like the, four or five hours straight. You know, one of the reasons they broke up was because Axl Rose became completely obsessed with sounding like Nine Inch Nails. He really? Went, he went so far as to hire uh, Robin Fink, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Is, uh, so, Nine Inch Nails, uh, up until, uh, I want to say 2003, was exclusively Trent Reznor. Like it's a mm-hmm. ba- it's a band, but Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor, and until like two thousand, uh, round with teeth and Year Zero, um, when he started teaming up more and more with Atticus Ross, was when he released like there is actually another member of Nine Inch Nails, and it's Atticus Ross. Everything everyone else was hired guns. Uh, Charlie Clouser, okay. uh, Danny Loner, um, freaking um, Robin Fink. Um, like if you watch the, um, like age and I were talking about, um, I was like, Hey, call them. I was like, Hey, let's go see nine snails. He's like, ah, screw that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Screw nine snails. But you should go with, uh, with Shan, his, uh, his ex-wife who they're so cool with. And I was like, she's a big nine snails fan. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. And, uh, 
I texted her and she's like, well, how much are the tickets? And I look it up and I'm like, $200? Absolutely not. I remember seeing Nine Inch Nails for free when I was a music journalist. I remember paying $45 when I wasn't. And I'm like, they're not even Nine Inch Nails anymore. Trent Reznor's sober. Uh, he's a uh, happy father of three. He's buff. That's, wow. That's not, he, he doesn't lose his mind on stage. And uh, I'm like, this is what Nine Inch Nails really is. And I sent the video for the freaking um, the Woodstock uh, 94 performance when he just loses freaking mind there covered in mud. I'm like, yeah, no, not 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 doing that. But anyway, we digress. And uh, get back to wrestling. I can understand why you would not be a concert person uh, being 20 years in the business. I mean, there's just something being part of involved and the violence, the awesomeness, the drama. Um being a freaking uh, voyeur just doesn't sit right, doesn't it? It's more so that I'm just cheap. I don't think you're cheap. I don't man. want to spend two hundred dollars in two hours. If I'm gonna do that. I'm going on eBay. I'm gonna buy a cool comic book. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and spend. So a, I'm gonna go ahead and spend a dollar and say bullshit because you couldn't freaking. You, we're in line for freaking Jim Lee, and you come back. I just spent like what two hundred something dollars on freaking uh, first princess of uh, Black Hat. Yeah, you're not cheap. I was more than that. You're just piggy. <laughs> I like what I like. Got my grill that day. Oh, that was gnarly, man! I was so happy for you, man. Speaking of which, Ooh. I went to freaking uh, Colorado Springs Comic Con this weekend. What's in the box, baby? What's in the box? Oh, this isn't even this isn't even the box. We haven't gotten to the the box. It's something completely different. But uh, all four issues: Dark Knight Returns, First Prince. Beautiful. Let me see. All kind of freaking, let me see. I got uh, all six issues of uh, the Longshot miniseries. Oh, those are wonderful. I have First those appearance in- of Longshot. I have those in a box somewhere. They're, that's awesome. Um, what condition are yeah, they? Yeah, First Appearance of Longshot. First appearance is... Oh, they're in great condition. Uh, freaking what, First Appearance of Spiral. First Appearance of Mojo. Oof, Mojo. He's one of my favorites. Got a, I got a first cameo of Doomsday. Nice. Punching. I got Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man 375 with uh, that amazing freaking chromium cover. Yeah, hey, like, uh, go go back to that. That's uh, that's Bagley work. That's that is some beautiful Bagley work. Jesus Christ, that's gorgeous. Oh yeah, now this is. Looks to me to be pretty much flawless. Nice. I got a, a huge deal on freaking uh, Detective Comics 850. First appearance of the Gotham City Sirens. I right, gotta get those back for my friend. Got a pretty decent copy of X Uncanny X Men 66. Beautiful. The final issue before they go into reprints. That was like what, like like six, five, six or nine months of that. That was a. That was a dark time. Oh, the reprints were like three years. 
Was it three years? Yeah, that was issue 67 through 93. Yeah, and then they picked 67 up 67 through 93. And then they picked up again and realized they could print X-Men classic. And they picked, picked up again in 94. Oh, that's gnarly, man. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's gnarly. I got a... Got King Size Annual number three of X Men. I got a Minor Key New Mutants number five, first appearance of Elixir, if I remember correctly. Got a Spectacular Spider Man 200, another Man. awesome chromium cover. Return. I believe this is one of the deaths of Green Goblin. One of them. I got a. All new Ghost Rider number one, first appearance of uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. Oh, I got one of those. Robbie Robbie Reyes rules. Yeah, and I. Yeah. And then I got a uh, one third. I got the Web of Spider Man uh, copies of Craven's Last Hunt. So I got issue thirty one and thirty two of that. Yeah. So parts one and four of Craven's Last Hunt. That's beautiful. So that might be my next little my next little go to as far as freaking next little mini series I'm gonna be collecting. Man, when uh when COVID hit and comics weren't being uh, released for like I wanna say it was like a little bit less than a month, uh, Colin and I mm-hmm. were like we're not gonna give up we're just gonna keep keep going because we gotta we gotta do freaking something because we're locked up. But uh, we started doing yeah. uh, epic runs, and one of yeah, our keep the lights on. Yeah, keep the lights on, and we started doing. Um... Congratulations, by the way. That is an that is an awesome haul. Yeah, it's a good little haul for a couple hours work. That's almost better than what you got at uh, Denver, man. I mean, like other than like the some milestones. Yes for... and no. Like it's more, but it's freaking not. It's not the it's not the grail I was looking for. Freaking. Not the giant size. It's not giant. I do only saw one in the whole place. Freaking, uh. It, there are some places that have some really good stuff. First appearance of Sabretooth, first appearance of Punisher, uh, one giant size X Men, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of She Hulk, Savage She Hulk ones, because, you know, the, the current new hotness. Oh, she's a totally new hotness, man. Like, oh, like, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I, I loved the first episode, man. Yeah, no, man, it was really good. Freaking, uh, and we, they got a lot of hate on the CGI, but it's definitely improved. And uh, it was just fun. It like, was that's fun. kind of the thing I really got about it. It was a fun episode. It wasn't anything too crazy. You know, we didn't get, we got a lot more, actually got a lot more Bruce Banner Hulk than we did She Hulk. Smart Hulk. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. The, the thing I liked about it was the fact that, and I'm glad you brought that up, it was just fun. And there's mm-hmm. there's no denying something that's fun. You might be the grouchiest SOB on the planet, but you go on Space Mountain, you're going to be wee! <laughs> like, it, it, you can't deny it. It was a lot of fun. It was funny. Um, what a, like... Uh, personally, the uh, actress that's playing uh, Jennifer Walters, and you know that my studio is the official Jennifer Walters studio of art and, and everything. Uh, Trademark pending. Yep. The best She-Hulk poster of all time. Uh, Tatiana, she was she played uh, one of my favorite movie characters of all time from 
uh, one of my favorite movies called Ginger Snaps Number Two Unleashed. Uh, she was Ghost. Uh, she played a 16-year-old girl when I think she was like 38, uh, 28, and um, the main character was locked up in an insane asylum because they thought she was a junkie and they cut her all these needles. But the needles were she was injecting wolfsbane to uh, restrict her transformation into a werewolf from the first movie. Oh, okay. And um, there's a older woman, her grand, uh, Tatiana's grandma, Ghost. They called her Ghost in the in the movie, that had been badly burned in a fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ghost is like just a kid screwing around. She's got her hidden stash of comics, and she breaks uh, Bridget out of uh, hence Bridget, the the camera name, um, uh, out of the insane mm-hmm. asylum. And Bridget takes her to Grandma's house, and uh, subsequently uh, locks her in the uh, in the uh, freaking basement and lets her turn into a vampire, so she can feed her enemies to to Bridget. And uh, it turns out Grandma was oh, wow. turns out Grandma was in there because uh, something that she did didn't sit well with ghosts, and she set her on fire. <laughs> like, oh jeez! Yeah, it was awesome, and uh, I I loved her. I, I I think she's a beautiful specimen of a human being, and she really pulled it off. She's gotten some heat because she was um, uh, during the episode. She's like, oh, like. You're talking about containing anger, you know, I get catcalled. I mean, like, I get it. Like, I'm glad she expressed that. Um, and then they, like, subsequently, like, juxtapose it with freaking... Um, that it made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, like how the Hulk, like, you know, you know, stopped one of those um, giant things that... Um, hey, my viewers, sorry about that. My, uh, I forgot to plug in my computer while I was uh, recording, and it just died. But, uh, yeah. Uh, point of the story is, is uh, She-Hulk was hilarious, and it, I was feeling bad because uh, she got some flack because she was complaining that uh, of being catcalled, and but he can still stop like you know giant aliens like warships, and but still get run over by a jeep, and people just don't understand like it's just comics, man. No, it worked. It was fun. I liked it. Yeah. You still haven't watched you still haven't watched Sandman yet? I haven't watched Sandman yet. I haven't started on season three of the boys. Freaking get around to it when I get around to it. No, we got new era to worry about and I, that's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, uh, don't mind it at all. Uh, the last show was amazing. You got busted open. You just got the staples out. No. And our next show is uh, September 10th, live from Mile High Comics, world's largest comic book store on Jason Street in Denver, Colorado. That's pretty normal. Doors open at 6.30, show starts at 7. Hey, show up early to get your uh, collector's edition tickets. Uh, we're going to have a uh, special... Should we say it? No, not yet. Not until they're all printed. No? Yeah, not not, not until we actually have it. Um, there'll be a special surprise for... Uh, People that have an extra twenty bucks in their pocket, uh, but uh, freaking uh, that's super special, man. Like that, like what you just said is pretty iconic. Like we're broadcasting from the freaking uh, largest comic store on the planet. No, yep. on the planet, and uh, we're sold out crowd. Freaking people were standing up. We had no more chairs for people. 
Um, Again, a nice problem to have. Shoot. Nice problem to have. Nice problem to have. And great roster. Uh, love putting out Blockbuster every Saturday night. Um, but, uh, so, wait. Yeah. I haven't watched The Boys yet either. Uh, I know it just ended. Uh, I've been, honestly, um, reluctant to watch it, considering what they did with Soldier Boy. Like, I've seen a lot of memes with Soldier Boy, like, calling uh, Homelander a disgrace and an embarrassment. And uh, But I remember how they painted Soldier Boy in the book, and uh, I kind of don't want to see probably, that. That's probably why they changed it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't want to see what they did with him in the book. I mean, like, that was, like, what the second episode we did. Yeah, friggin'. Yeah, it's definitely one of the uh, the furthest departures from uh, from the source material, and it's my personal opinion. It's substantially better for it. Yeah, I hope so, man. Because uh, so. like there was no explaining that. I mean, <laughs> I was reading on Reddit earlier. Like, what's one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to you? I was taking a dump and I was eating a bowl of ravioli, and my mom opened the bathroom door. Uh, think about that. Times a million worse of how they painted Soldier Boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get around to it sooner or later. Freaking, you know, we got a uh, call it, we got the uh, Comics and Toy Fair this weekend. Yes, sir. Comic Toy Con up there at the Chapel uh, Hills Mall. A couple extra bucks, man. The first time I've been in a mall and like freaking like. I think the last time I was in a mall was when I was shopping for Bullet Club shirts on eBay. And uh, this was like, I want to say 2015. Oh, geez. And um, freaking, like, while I'm searching, like, a, a pop up ad that Hot Tub, Hot, hot Tub, Hot Topic, Hot has, Tub Time, Hot Tub. Hot tub topic machine. Hot tub topic machine freaking had bullet club shirts, and I called, and I was like, and before I clicked buy now, um, I was like, hey, uh, I just saw an ad on, e on eBay that y'all got these bullet club shirts, and uh, the lady was like, yeah, we do. Why do you guys keep calling? And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, the phone keeps ringing of people asking if we have these shirts and we can't keep them in stock. I've got like a couple right now, but we keep they keep getting shipped in and freaking uh, we can't keep them. Nobody stock. knows what they are. She's like, "What is this?" Like, and uh, I go in and they've got uh, the the standard, and they've mm -hmm. got the the Cody. The American Nightmare. They've got Hangman. They've got uh, Villain, and they've like they they had like the, like two or three of the like the the fringe guys, but they also mm -hmm. had a bunch of freaking patches, and uh, that's where I got all the patch. That's when I was like uh, like I bought all of them. The only one the only one I don't have is Hangman, and that one's like nice. fifty to hundred dollars on uh, eBay right now for like the actual patch. Um, Jeez. and I bought them all for like uh, super cheap like 3-4 bucks and uh, got my standard but like uh, the same thing happened when the Switchblade uh, went to Bullet Club remember? Mm-hmm. yep why do you guys keep calling? but um 
talking about ridiculous. This is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do some uh, seriousness before we get into some ridiculousness because I've like the comics I read this week, man, are are kind of like oddball, goofball. Like, how does this exist? Like, I was talking to uh, AJ the other night, and we were talking about like when we first heard uh, uh, Lords of Acid, and mm-hmm. like I've read Hustler, not read or seen Hustler, and. Uh, Lord's acid popped up on his thumbprint uh, from Pandora, and I was like, "When did this happen to you?" And he mentioned, and I was like, "I just couldn't believe this existed." Um, like, you ever listened to Lord's acid before? No. Uh, it's it's industrial and um, it's completely off the wall, completely overly sexual, but like in a insane like S and M bondage way. Like one of the songs, like. Mr. Matt, Macho Man, is it true that all the girls want to blank on you and or uh, half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle? That's the way the story goes. How pop goes the weasel, and then rum, 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 half a pound of heroin and half a pound of treacle. That's the way the story goes, and it just goes completely insane. Um, I was just happy it existed because <laughs> it was it was like the fir- it was like the first time I like read Bad Magazine, but it was completely overly sexual and completely like how does this exist? And yeah. uh, and um, a couple of the comics I want to talk about are very much on the same terms, but not on the same wavelength of Lord's Acid. Um, gotcha. But before we well, get- you want to do the uh, should we do the box first? Yeah, let's do the box. What you got in the box? You first. Well, you, you, I went first last time. It's your turn. All right. So, back in the day, um, I've mentioned it before. Um, it was a kid, you know. I had like a five dollar allowance a week, so basically, like two comics I can afford, or if I want to buy some candy or some stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Freaking. Uh, what I would settle on was to make sure I didn't feel like you know to avoid the uh, freaking FOMO. Um, is uh, I would buy Wizard every every month. It would at least keep me okay. informed. I know what's going on. They had good interviews. At, like even though I didn't have all the comics that they they said were like the best of the best, uh, they always had the top ten. And for like mm-hmm. three freaking years, the number one was X Files number one. Oh, nice. X Files number one, Tops Comics. Now Tops hadn't gotten into comics. Uh, that far at the at the moment. Now, granted, if you're not an X Files like expert or someone that really you know, gives a crap about them, uh, X Files number one was very important. Number one was because um, uh, Mary and Kim did the covers. Um, now, put that in perspective. One of the reasons that made the Sandman so important and um, so special and really made people gravitate towards it was other than it being a vertigo book was that uh the covers were deliciously painted i mean like how is this not going to be a good book now the art inside was never never as good as the cover um they had a lot of hits or misses with uh the artwork with the sandman like the very first issue of the sandman was illustrated by sam keith who did the max okay he almost took his name off of the book because he wasn't satisfied with his art. 
The story was so good that the art being not as to part as the story didn't matter. Like, completely superseded and just encapsulated everything or just overwhelmed everything. That it didn't matter how good, or um, let me phrase that, how bad or not up to par the artwork was. Now, the artwork in yeah. uh, The X-Files, Marin Kim did the, the covers. They're always photorealistic, um hyper realistic actually with like a lot of like weird like backgrounds that were like that simulated like because like you're reading a spider-man book and you see uh the green goblin choking him out and he's like spidey's dead in this issue um and you, you get like a semblance of that scene sometimes um yeah the artwork the background between the photo hyper photo realistic things they would do always hinted what was in the story. Now, uh, these mm-hmm. were some of... This is the first introduction that uh, 99.9% of us ever had to uh, Charles Adler, a.k.a. Charlie Adler, who did um, 99% of The Walking Dead. Okay. The, the first, like, I want to say 10 or 12 issues, uh, maybe six, I can't remember exactly, it was very little, was uh, done by, uh, done by uh, I can't remember his last name, his name was Tony, um, that, uh, re- like, you know, created The Walking Dead with uh, Robert Kirkman. He couldn't make the deadlines. Okay. He was always missing deadlines, so they fired his ass. Damn it. All right, two. That's two? Yeah, that's it. Tony Daniel. Um, Charlie Adler picked up the slack. Um, it wasn't the most beautiful art you could look at, but if you understood... Uh, we've talked about this before in terms of understanding like uh, light, light perspective and shadows and um, in terms of like... Portraying. Tony Moore was the artist. Tony Moore, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Tony Daniel was someone else. Um, Charlie Adler or Charles Adler. Uh, this is where he picked up. This is where he took off. You, like the covers okay. are great. You open it up and like, what the heck? Heck is this? And but the story is amazing. But then it was an introduction and a, and a challenge to understand good artwork that understands like light and dark perspective and emotions and yeah it's talking there's a lot of talking heads but uh freaking like the emotions like he so that's why um but this one was like i remember when this was like three hundred dollars oh wow you can probably find this for 20 probably i think i've got i'm pretty sure i've got a copy yeah Hey, did I ever give you a copy of Dawn Number One? I don't think so. Yeah, I found an extra. They one. just got the. Uh... I remember which I got. I've got one full set of Dawn, but I can't remember. Yeah. I must not cry for Dawn. It's the other one. Yeah, I was going through. Uh, I told you I was bringing my books uh, from storage to here. Uh, I've got like three mm-hmm. of one uh, of issue one, so I've got one extra for you. Uh, 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 like another one like it was on the same list at the same time it was either going back and forth which was number one was but I've, yeah I've got a, a, an issue of Dawn for you number one not three tiers awesome. um, Lucifer's Halo the good Sweet. one the good one 
But what do you got? Awesome. All right. I've got a two for this week. So number one is actually Uncanny X-Men 102. Freaking the first time Colossus fights Juggernaut. Gnarly. Freaking got this one off of eBay. Freaking it's... He's got a couple little ticks on the spine, but other than that, it's pretty freaking sweet. You know what really matters but, about it? It's yours. Oh, yeah. So this officially brings my freaking X-Men, Uncanny X-Men from issue 94 to 544. I am now just one comic away. One. Just have to get 94. Just one. So then that one will be completed. Now, the one I'm super happy, freaking the other one a bit off of. Oh, two for? Because I got it cheaper. Yep, I'm my two, my two for here. Freaking, uh, I got DC Presents 26. This one is the first appearance of Starfire, first appearance of freaking Raven, and first appearance of Cyborg. Yeah, I, uh,. I imagine, uh, not to get too crude, that, like, you gotta keep that, like, in storage, because otherwise it's gonna get, like, some sticky pages in between, because that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's an awesome book, freaking, I've seen a couple copies selling for $200, um, in LSCs and local comic stores, was able to get a, uh, substantially cheaper deal by winning the bid on that one. Nice. Now. So, quite, quite a... Quite a good, uh, quite a good hunting week. Oh, that's awesome, man! We'll we'll have a good time at the uh, mini Comic Con at Chapel Hills. Uh, we yeah, got... real quick, freaking anything you're looking for while we're there. Yeah, and you get your eye on. Yeah, I uh... obviously I am a big Sandman fan, but I don't have any issue other than issue one and then all the graphic novels, and you know it is. Uh, absolute don't do it when it comes to graphic novels here in Minefields. We, we're single issue guys. We're not uh, I mean like I mean I, I, we're not I'm not trying to say we're elitists like that we're better than you that we got the single issues but there's something about having the relic right? Yep the original first prince yeah. man freaking it's just, it's, just, it's just it's fun to hunt man freaking you know it's always fun to to dig and try to find one and then pull out that issue you've been looking for that you ain't found anywhere else. Correct. Now, I, I've i got most of Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and put the stakes in the ground and say I'm going to... where I'm not going any Comic-Con without my iPad that has my Vertigo encyclopedia. I want all of Vertigo. I want nice. all of Vertigo. I, yeah, not, Sam, it looks like Sandman has got 75 total issues. Yeah, Sandman has 75 total issues in general for the original run. They, they've they done a few, like, uh, randos and, like, five or six issues where they revisit things or resurrect things. Um, those are okay. Um, but it's it's like trying to capture lightning in a bottle again. It's, it's not going to happen. Like, you should have done this, like, right after the fact and like kept it going for just a little bit to like honestly like the ending of the sandman was like all of a sudden you're with the love of your life and 
she doesn't die. She just leaves. Oh, jeez. She just leaves. And not only did she just leave, but within, like, six issues, turned into a completely different person. And, uh what's happening right now and like it makes sense but like uh the other the, the other thing about vertigo uh, in particular there's um an extra um additive to it is that there's certain vertigo like um swag that are relics in particular mm-hmm. the um the dream and death bookends um there's also the uh, i want an original set of the original uh, and the reprint uh the vertigo tarot cards uh the death onk um and the the problem with these things it's like trying to find like an original first print of uh nine inch nails is broken that came like the american version that came with the freaking uh the small 10 inch uh for the two extra songs <laughs> Uh, the people that have them aren't letting them go. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've talked about like how I'll be a I'll be a homeless guy with a small comic box and like a bunch of Nine Inch Nails records. Um, it's it's not happening. In your heart. It's not happening. Um, mm-hmm. that's what I want to find. I want I, I want to go because like. I mean, like I love going on the hunt with you, but like finding Dawn issues is pretty easy. Funny, like she was yeah. like, she was like that. I mean, Ash was boom. Um, but like, I I want to even assigned Ash. I even assigned Ash. Yes, yes, sir. Um, but freaking, uh, what are you looking at? What's on your list now? For this one, let me see. I think the big one I'm looking for right now is actually Amazing Spider-Man two ninety nine. Punisher. No, that two ninety nine. That's uh, the first cameo of Venom. So I'm kind of I'm looking to see if I can snag that one. I think that'd be fun. Uh, freaking, I think if I can you said find me. Oh no, no, two ninety nine. But that's still. I don't know what it, I don't, I don't think one ninety nine has anything. That's that's still the wrong issue, yeah. Yeah, because Punisher's uh one twenty nine. But I uh, definitely wouldn't mind rounding out some stuff for my uh, my Suicide Squad run. Not really looking for any keys. I think I've got all the keys out of there. But freaking, um, I'm about 17 issues away from being done with the Ostrander run. Nice. So if I can get some of those, that'd be fun. Freaking, um, funny enough, the big one I'm looking for, like one of the ones I'm looking for right now, is a Ghost Rider 2099. Issue 25, which is the final issue. I've got all the other issues, but I don't have that one. Because that one is like 40 to 50 bucks online. And freaking, I'm like, just don't want to pay that money for it. Are you wearing the Batman shirt I bought you? Uh, yeah. It's gorgeous on you, baby. <laughs> don't make it weird. I'll make it weird. <laughs> But yeah, no, no. really, like, right now, like, if I can find, if I can find a decently priced giant size, that's that's the, the Grail. And freaking, if I can find a a ninety four, because that's slowly working its way on my Grail list, just due to the fact that it's the only one I don't have. So yeah, um, those ones, we can just go from there. Dude, I will kindergarten cop help you uh, style. Like, we get to the con, 
you see giant size, but some guy asked in front of you, and you're like, hey, my kid really needs this, and uh, he's like, no, I called it first, and then we talked to him outside, and he's like, we'll give you three times what it's worth, and he says no, and then we hit him in the face with a uh, car door and slam it in his head, and sprinkle some crack on him. <laughs> um, I will lie in court for you. Did you steal this comic book for the for help help Tony Morales steal this comic? Absolutely not. I saw him buy it myself with my own two eyes. This man assaulted Tony Morales outside of the Comic Con. Got the scar on the back of my head to prove it. Is it true you have really good Photoshop skills? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even own a camera, sir. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I want all of Vertigo. I'm talking everything. I want Scalped. I want American Virgin. I um I have quite a lot of Scalped. Uh, I've got almost all of the DMZ, which they're about to turn into. Oh, they uh, it's about to come out uh, with Rosario Dawson. Um, mm -hmm. DMZ is going to be amazing. Um, I want every preacher. I want every John Constantine. I want everything that precedes. I, I, I even want like, for example, a lot of people don't understand or know that Watchmen and V for Vendetta were actually published in the UK before they, they came here to DC. Yep. And, uh, I want those two. I, I want, I want everything Vertigo. Every single thing Vertigo's done, I want it. I have pretty much everything Vertigo's done since uh, 2007, but those are easy to get. That's, that's Sweet Tooth, that's Digital Underground. Mm -hmm. um, DMZ's a little hard to find uh, because uh, it was a low print run, but it always, like, that was one of the ones that, like, if it wasn't in your pool list, you weren't getting it. Yeah. Um, I want it all. And along the way, I'll find some stray chaos comics along the way, and um, that's what I want, man. I, I like, I've, I've been kind of afraid to tell you that because you're gonna hold me to it. Because <laughs> there's gonna, oh yeah, that's there, on. There's gonna be times where it's gonna be like that's a three hundred dollar comic book, like, and I only showed up with like two fifty. Can I borrow fifty bucks? Oh, you can talk them down. I've seen you do it. Oh, we've, oh, we've, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I actually really pride myself on it. I, I, I play the uh, Pawn Stars game when it comes to uh, freaking uh, talking down, or I just trick them that it's overpriced and they should charge people <laughs> more for it. Well, it's one or the other. One or the other, man. Um, when it comes to like, uh, I, I want to go a little serious before I get into some wacky comics. Before we get into yeah. some, a little bit more uh, meat and potatoes. Um, detective, man, I I've been dying to know your opinion on detective because this one was like the way they're presenting it in terms of in artwork wise. I mean, like it's like I mean, just the cover alone, man. It looks like a extremely slaved over piece of art. I mean, like Raphael Albuquerque's writing it. Uh, who did uh, American uh, Vampire with Stephen King. Um, I don't know, that's okay. I have a second one of those, by the way. I bought one for Colin, and he he's like, oh, get it later, get it later, and you can have it. <laughs> to the dearly departed. 
Yeah, but like Raphael Albuquerque, um, we met him at Comic Con um, when we met Shooter. He's a really, really hyper man, but um, his his writing is undeniable. And um, here we go with. I, I kind of feel like. Do you like? I mean, like you and I have gone through many phases of Batman. Past, mm-hmm. past two and a half years. Yeah. We've had Harvey Dent as a lark in uh, freaking Task Force C. Yeah. But this is serious. Yeah, and this is apparently a, a cured Harvey. This is a Harvey on the straight and narrow. When did and that like, we see him freaking... I don't, I don't remember. I, I don't know. I think this is something they just kind of threw out there. This is the first time I've seen this golden mask. You and I have been out. you and I have been following Batman since like freaking New Fifty Two and before. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't recall this at all. So I mean, I could be definitely wrong. Freaking if anyone out there knows, hit me up with some books. I'll look into it. But freaking yeah, this is first like you know we see um, you know completely reformed Two Face with his golden mask covering his scars in this club that you know at one point he would have owned that Bruce and he's would got a, he's got a he's got a different a different coin you know this is a, this is a different two-face altogether is that like this definitely comes off like a book that is a starting point you know we're getting new characters introduced that are obviously going to be important down the line we're seeing them rework two-face like this is, this is gonna be like maybe not the next step up, but definitely the next step in Batman. Is that a coin or a coaster? I've been sleeping. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like a coaster, and it also looks. It's like definitely a- bigger than it's definitely bigger than a coin. So you you might be right on the coaster. It it, it looks like a coaster, and it also looks like Man Bat's face in the. The the bat emblem. Mm-hmm. Um, he's day drinking, which worries me because like the fact that Harvey, when he's Harvey, is a, a dilettante. I mean, like he he's very well put together and wouldn't be someone drinking at a speakeasy strip club at freaking 11.30 in the, in the afternoon at a club that he used to own that, that Bruce used to own and encounter Bruce. So it's obvious, it, it, like, uh, forgive me, it, is it obvious that Bruce Bruce's identity is known to Harvey here? Like, there's no, I would say so, yeah. How did you feel about this interaction? Uh, Really, it came up like you know, two old friends. You know, one definitely went astray, but like they're still, and then there's still that friendship there, still that respect. You know, because he at the end, at the end, Batman just leaves him alone, leaves him to, leaves him to his night. Right. Or afternoon. Yeah. You know, Harvey ends up leaving, and somebody somebody stops him outside. Uh, the guy gives him his change, which 
with Harvey is obviously ominous. Right. You know, he bumps into somebody, and next thing you know, freaking they're, you know, they're kind of just, they're talking down to him, which is something you don't normally see from Two-Face. Just him just kind of taking it and just being, and just trying to break the situation down. And freaking they, you know, they blow something in his face that just kind of makes him freak out. And we see that the, uh, as the mask falls away, we see Big Bad Harv, you know, kind of whispering to him to let him take over. And freaking let him back in control because somebody's got to fix this. And that's what that's what Big Bad Harv's there for. It seems like um, assaulting a drug addict and yeah, they're throwing coins at him. They put that mm-hmm. poisonous junk in his face, but to throw the choice because he's playing like like he's obviously like I really think that was a coaster. He like, like yeah, he might be. I think you're right on that. The 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 the. the the haunting in his mind that he needs that that definitive choice is messing with him and they put that Mm -hmm. poisonous junk in his face and uh prove to him that like they're in control um and then they're changing him and especially one that's already damaged on one end um yeah we're, we're, we're watching like the the chessboard being set up does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? Like, I mean, like. Oh I, yeah, no, totally. Well, like I said, we got these, we got these new characters coming in. Talking about how you know, at one point they owned Gotham. Carrying this, what appears to be this, uh, this family on this boat. But they're obviously got some type of power in them. And we see Batman speaking with this guy, this music man, the maestro, who while he's going deaf, Batman let him hear what's in this music box. And lets him try to help him figure it out because he's, you know, Batman's always on a case. Do you have any insight on the maestro? I've never heard of this guy before. I haven't either. Like, he might be uh, an older Bat villain. I'll look it up. Or he talking. might be. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah, but he's um, you know, he's an older gentleman going deaf. He's in Arkham, or he's in, he's a black kid probably. But he talks about how this it's a tune full of unresolved titrones, a devil's interval. Some musicians call it, but it's harmonics well below audible frequencies believe they call it black noise and he talks about encountering it in 1883 and when Krakatoa erupted and he's kind of he just kind of breaks it down for Batman you know they're talking about you know don't know if you believe it could be true but no that's actually true uh, uh, did you ever watch Resident Evil the first movie Ah, uh, way back in the day, yeah. Uh, the uh, soundtrack uh, was done by Marilyn Manson, and um, mm-hmm. there was a uh, on the D- a special edition DVD. 
there was interviews with Manson and the producer of the record. Um, so Manson did the score uh, and, okay. and helped pick out a couple of songs that were going to be like uh, on the record. There was a cool chamber track. I mean, like it's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. But um, they were t- Manson was talking about uh, using uh, sound frequencies that were uh, generated to upset people. Like, uh, like a high end frequency, like, like you ever see, remember back in the day when like you first got a smartphone, you could get download an app that would play a frequency that would upset everyone that was like 20 years or younger because their, their ears were like younger and were tuned to something and it would, it would upset them or just, and, um, he, he was talking about using frequencies that were curated to really upset people and put them on the edge of danger and how uh, uh, the music producer couldn't bring his dog around the joint anymore because it was like completely freaking out the dog the whole time because the dog could hear everything Um, I think that's what he's talking about in terms of like the secret frequencies that uh, are happening here like I can hear it it's supposed to upset, but it's there. Is that what you're looking for? Or um, uh, I'm looking up the the maestro, and the the best I can come up with is the mayhem of the music meister from one of the the late animated series when the uh, animation died down and um, just wasn't as good. Uh, I, I, there's I'm not seeing any record of any. Um, what's his name again? This is the maestro. The maestro. I'm not seeing... Like, I looked up Batman the maestro, and all I got was the music meister. Uh, someone that looks more like a freaking game show host with a huge, like, chin clapped as opposed to, like, someone that would be in Arkham that is playing, yeah. mus- playing music that the freaking guards are, like, eager to hear. Mm-hmm. So we've got that going on. Uh, what 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 happens next? When Batman leaves him, you know, he ends up freaking trying to he's you know trying to figure everything out in his head, and he ends up freaking. We see the uh, return of Barbados, right? Who you know obviously comes from. Uh, he's been around for a while, but he really kind of really kind of established himself in Dark Knight and. Um, um, Batman Metal, right? Because that was he who was in charge of making everything. He was yeah, the no, the maestro I pulled up is freaking the uh, the one from the Hulk. Yep, and nowhere close. But this guy is like, I, I like the the dynamic here that's going on. It's a obviously a billion dollar yacht. Um, mm-hmm. We've got this guy, he's looking at the uh, land title for Eduardo Arkham. And we've got this woman whose eyes light up in three specific points in each uh, people, talking about the history of of Arkham. And Mm -hmm. the thing that intrigues me about this is the fact that, like, 
I want to say the last year and a half has been all about Arkham. I mean, like, even beforehand, you know, just, like, with, um, when supposedly the banker, the, the Joker, other than, uh, we just found out a couple months ago was, um, Bane poisoning the place and then establishing of Arkham Tower and, uh, especially within, um, the Arkham City, uh, books we read where they retreated into the shadows, um, the people that kind of the worst, the worst with the, uh, psychiatrists that could handle it is that yep. they've been gearing us up for something more intact about how Arkham has more to explain for the origins of Gotham than we understood. Now, I'm really enjoying it because, like, I feel like it's filling in the blanks of that why I did not like the Court of Owls. Like, all of a sudden there's a Court of Owls and they've got all these assassins and, like, where did these guys come from? And, like, 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 really, like, like, they're really that established. It was, it was such a freaking, uh, reach for me. And I, I, I it was something I didn't enjoy. And I feel like gotcha. this is something a little bit better, um, rooted in the seeds of Gotham. But, like, is, is there any hints to you about what's going on? I mean, like, this woman is antagonizing him. His face lights up, eyes turn green. Um, and it, uh, the music box, like, calms him down. I mean, like, what do you see in that? Yeah, I mean, let's see what's going to happen with this music box. Because it, that seems more tied in with Barbados. Right. But then again, the way that they're all lighting up, maybe it will all work together. Because like, these people seem to be kind of like the uh, descendants of the Arkhams, really. 100%. You know, they end up changing their their last name was Orgham, and then it changes to Arkham. You know, they had everything, you know, they had the asylum there. Jeremiah or the Amadeus Arkham or Jeremiah Arkham that actually opened point, the point, asylum. Point it was... I think it's Jeremiah, then Amadeus is the uh, grandson. But I could be wrong. See that or reversed. But nonetheless, they end up opening the asylum out of the old mansion. Freaking, they end up, you know, going crazy. You know, A-Day happens. And, like, the fact that A-Day is still, you know, mentioned to this day shows how huge of an event that was. Right. Because, freaking, that's still playing out in several comic books, including this one. You know, we had the Arkham Tower, and that obviously didn't work out. And now we've got this new family coming into town trying to, you know, you assume take back what's theirs. And uh, so we'll see what happens with these guys and what the what the light in their faces really represents. Is that a power thing? Is that Are they controlled by somebody? It could be a couple different things, you know. Does that mean they're super strong? Are they part of a cult? You know, we're, we're you know, we'll find out as the uh, as the series continues. The thing that really intrigues me about this is that the what's really going through Bruce's mind right now is that I can't feel the city. I can't feel the city. Things have changed. It it really doesn't matter the fact that he's lost all his money. Batcave Mansion, but he's actually, in my opinion, especially in his dreams, 
because we get to these horrific scenes of the bat assaulting him while he's stalking the city I mean he's going back old school I mean he is a hundred percent like like don't do this again you know you're like he, he's inspiring fear in people but he's feeling that he doesn't feel the city but his dreams are completely screwing with him that they're, they're infecting him in, in in the sense that like there's something wrong and that I don't know what it is and it's driving him insane but the point of it is that he feels that he doesn't know his city I think yeah. I think it's the complete opposite I think he actually does feel the city 100% and he doesn't know how to understand his the vibrations that he's feeling and how it's screwing with his dreams uh, like yeah. like he does understand the city. It's, he's the only one that does, um, to the point where like all the criminals are like they're they're closed mouth, trapped shut, like not telling you anything. Don't care you. Don't care what you do to me. And um, in the night, it's messing with him. But in his dreams, he's feeling it and seeing it. There's something coming, and I'm loving that aspect of this story that. Someone that has feels that they have a developed sense of uh, self and where they are um, is questioning it, but in fact he is one hundred percent understanding it. He just doesn't know it yet. And then we have the added aspect, uh, the um, and and I'm so glad I gave you that uh, freaking um, that Two Face book where Two Face was um, Batman for a while. Yeah. Remember how he went nuts at the end? Mm -hmm. Um, This is another semblance of, like, someone, like, leave Harvey alone. Like, he just wants to, uh, I mean, like, especially in the pages of the newest uh, Beyond Flashpoint, where we have a new yeah. Two-Face, uh, something else driving this person crazy, um, freaking... He's trying to be okay. I mean, like, he's not showing his money off. He's not, um, I used to be Harvey Dent. He's just chilling at a freaking burlesque show, drinking a martini with his golden face, just wanting to be left alone. And they come and they show up, and he's already on the edge. I mean, he's playing with that coaster, and freaking, uh, they beat him up to the point where the gold slides off and the, the dark voices. Just let me take over, man. Come on. Like, like... Yeah. Just, just let go. Like, like... That really... That was the meat and potatoes for me on this book. Was the fact mm -hmm. that, that they were screwing... Like, leave this man in peace. He's already on the edge. And you guys know what's up. You guys are the next big brutal power. And you're throwing... What are you trying to make? A monkey wrench here? He... Harvey Dent isn't someone to be screwed with. Yeah. Regardless no, of... Nobody, nobody wins then. No. <laughs> no, he's... Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, like, within the pages of Task Force Z, I mean, like, it's kind of a lark because he's trying to hold a team together and uh, that's completely out of left field crazy. Uh, yeah. Completely understatement. <laughs> um, but... Here we have within the pages of Detective, not a freaking one shot, not a freaking uh, black label book. 
I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the gold mass slides off and the coin's there. Uh, yep. How do you feel about them testing Harvey? I mean, like, we haven't had a Harvey story in years. Well, that's the thing. You never really... Harvey's not... He's not the Joker. He's not somebody you can just consistently keep on pulling out over and over. Right. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to look. If you look at the coin, though, it's it's face up. You know, it's not it's not pre scarred or anything like that. Yeah, that's a good point. So, we but wanna... uh, it, it's interesting to see what they're gonna do with it because, like I said, we really haven't had too much backstory to this version of Harvey yet. So it might be something where we'll go back to later, or it might be something we missed, which I doubt. Well, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to get there. Well, while we're on the subject of Harvey, man, like, how did you feel about Task Force Z, man? Because, like, uh, I, like, did we just watch a snuff film? Ugh, sorry about that. Yeah, he got he got kind of crazy, man. Freaking Task Force Z's been one of the. Uh, it looks like we might be heading towards the end of this run, but freaking, it's been a heck of a ride. I, I, when I watch these panels that they're showing, like when Nightwing is like not choking him, but pulling him by his collar, and he's legit scared. Um, oh, you mean Red Hood? Yeah, Red Hood, my bad. Um, I mean, like, the, the artwork is phenomenal. The, the, the emotive quality of it is just gorgeous, and but still, like, uh, Red Hood just messed me up. Hey, uh, why did you just let... Hey, Solomon Grundy, why don't you just let him choke me out? Um, and then it just gets crazier. <laughs> and I have never seen... Was it Gotham Girl? Like, like I was crapping on her a couple months ago about how ridiculous mm-hmm. her costume is, and now we've got her, and I, I don't know anything about Gotham. You knew a little bit about her. But, uh... Yeah. uh is, 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 are they the monkey wrenches? Ah, yeah, very well could be. It might be a monkey wrench, it might be a saving grace. You know, essentially that freaking Gotham still has enough of his memories about him to realize who his sister is. And, you know, she's kind of gone crazy since her brother died. And, you know, she's, you know, looking like she's, you know, she's thanking the Mr. Balloon for saving her and saving his brother, her brother. Yeah, and then he's got all the uh, all the former members of Task Force Z, Arkham Knight, Deadshot, Man Bat. There we go. They're you know ready to attack. You know, attack Red Hood for when they break into this building. Yeah, so it's still kind of you know there are no real allegiances among zombies, obviously. Right. Not at Saying all. he's trying to work his way through all that, and you know they end up freaking, you know, and he's, you know, at the same time he's dealing with his former co-workers, I guess for lack of a better term, while at the same time being, you know, angry with Two Face for lying to him about, uh, you know, working with Bane, and freaking because you know Bane was, you know. Turns out Bane was Gotham the whole time. 
and he'll and Two Face actually has a, a valid point to it. He's like, of all the stuff, of all the emotions we you know checked on for you, you know, revenge is the one that would motivate you the most. They studied him. So they've been screwing with Jason in particular since way before this comic actually started. Like they've been watching and studying him and figuring out what makes him tick. <coughs> Waller style. And it kind of makes you wonder, yeah, it makes you wonder what, uh, what else they've got planned, though. They've got up their sleeve. This was just you know, mayhem. Like, yeah, did they just find random dead bodies or did they freaking, did they pick and choose this team? Were they just sitting there waiting for people to die? Or they just stumble upon them and like, you'll do. I was thinking that because uh, freaking when Task Force Z is like executing like the uh, secret plan uh, that, you know, they knew Bloom was watching and like, you know, Red Hood's like, I'm out. And like, great performance that Bloom says later, but obviously mm-hmm. it was a stage plan. Freaking when they were under the tower uh, that Bloom is operating under over. Yep. The, the missed opportunity, I would have liked to see, like, hundreds of people that we really liked. Um, uh, old school style, like a, a dead Clayface or Clockmaster. Like, like he had, like, so many different dead bodies just ready to come out of the ground. Uh, I would have liked to see Task Force C, like, blast force through, like, a wall of some of our favorite, like, you know, dead uh, enemies that we really liked before they got to the meat and potatoes before when Bloom, you know, burst out and like with the Iron Man style bat, yeah. st- stolen bat Iron Man style uh, uh, freaking um, armor. Um, yeah, do you, do you remember that? That armor? No, I don't. That, do you remember, do you, there was a part in the um, the New 52 after Endgame, where Batman and the Joker both died, but they were brought back by the Dionysium, and neither one of them had their memories. That green slug. <clears throat> uh, I don't think it was green slug. I think it was a, it was like a rock or a metal or some kind, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because it was another part leading into metal. Uh, Batman metal. Yeah. But um, for a period of time, Jim Gordon was actually Batman. Oh, I remember that. And he had that robot with him that he called a rookie. Okay. And that's rookie. I don't remember that at all, actually. Like, yeah. I, you, you told me about when Gordon was uh, freaking Batman, but I don't remember that at all. That That's awesome, man. Like, uh, I, I just thought it was cool that Bloom just has a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, probably all the way to Z uh, backup plan, man, because, like, he had everyone dead to rights. Nope. Yeah, apparently they reworked the. Uh... No, I think Batman. Yeah, I think yeah, he could actually ride inside of Rookie. So yeah, friggin' yeah, he just obliterates everybody in this armor, and then Two Face is running from him, and freaking. You know, we turn around and we see that freaking, you know, Red Hood and Two Face are both captive now. 
Now, before we get to the ending, uh, Bloom said something really interesting. Uh, now, remember when uh, Bane showed up and just flew out of nowhere? And I'm like, when when could... We were like, when could Bane fly? Remember that? Yeah. And now we know because he was Gotham the whole time. Um, but, like, it was such a little thing because it only was, like, maybe two pages where he, like flies up for a bit and real and I was like what the heck and then we moved on uh but during the uh the siege of the tower when Gotham girl breaks in and she's so excited that her brother's still alive and she's hugging her brother and she's like who did this to you Hank it's a little confusing easy now Gotham girl I may now uh look like a gangly floral themed skeleton man but I guess there is no but and she just grabs him and hugs him and he says I'm not so into physical contact with the living actually I think that is a breadcrumb there they're like that's a breadcrumb <laughs> like there's he, he he just admitted that he's not dead and in comparison to what I was just talking about about Bane just flying up to the freaking top of the building that's something there like um who's dead and it's and and i'm 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 really excited about it because like i remember when we got the big reveal that uh what's her name's freaking you know crazy like looking bodyguard was actually bane the whole time how did we not see that yeah. um i'm really looking forward to see like i don't think bloom is bloom I don't know. That's the thing. We've never, we've never known anything about Bloom, other than Task Force Z. He's appeared in one story previously, right? And we never, we never got his true identity. He's basically just a drug dealer with superpowers, right? And but now, and freaking, in in what? And that's, I mean, that's really it. You know, we never, we never found out his true identity or, but drug- anything more. He was selling superpower drugs, to kids. But drug dealer to a uh, smart enough guy to synthesize. Funny enough, though, I think, now that I think about it, I think the drugs he was selling were the same drugs that gave Gotham and Gotham Girl their powers. Really? <laughs> if I remember correctly. That's awesome. I, I believe so. It, it, it's like... I'm trying to think of a good metaphor for it. Like, uh, there's a crack epidemic, and, um, okay, crack epidemic actually happened, but who actually figured out how to mix cocaine with baking powder and make it more powerful? These guys that are doing crack aren't freaking pharmacists and, like, scientists that know how to synthesize things. And all of a sudden he goes from drug dealer to being able to synthesize Lazarus resin. Like, mm-hmm. there's something going on here. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, like, my best bet, if I was, like, had a gun to my head in Vegas and they said, who is he? I'd say Resical. Resical. Yeah, maybe. Like, it definitely could be, but, like I said, I don't, I don't think Bloom is anybody that like any recognizable character I think he's just kind of his own character I mean they could definitely hold this off and make it a thing he's definitely you know but if, if it's 
you know, those big, huge reveals years down the road, you always run the risk of it just being kind of a dud. Yeah, I, I would be pretty tetoed if uh, freaking uh, it was Richard Gold the whole time because, like, that wouldn't be that fun because uh, freaking Bloom has his own personality. Like, like he's hilarious. He's hilarious. Pretty much everything out of his mouth makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but speaking of making us laugh, um, I, I went down a rabbit hole this week, and I we've got shirtless bear fighter number uh, shirtless bear fighter two issue number one uh, story uh, from Image uh, by um, uh, Jody uh, Leup and Neil Vendrell. Um, we're talking about a guy that was abandoned by his parents, raised by bears. And then uh, an evil corporation is destroying all the the forests uh, to make teepee. And uh, all the bears being killed. And uh, most of the gimmick is watching this guy be shirtless and actually usually naked in, like, the pixelated giant, like, phallic. <laughs> like, he's got a big one. Um, and taking down the bad guys. Now, he's fighting a uh, evil gummy bear corporation what? <laughs> yes evil gummy bear corporation led by like an evil chucky looking kid and they shrink him down in into small enough to get swallowed by the kid to fight the kid but from the inside because there's an evil gummy bear controlling the kid's brain um yeah it was a lot of fun uh artwork was decent um Shirtless Bear Fighter was much better illustrated the last go-round. But um, they're building the story about uh, evil bears that are conspiring with pigs and uh, having a giant satanic uh, ritual uh, where they're all walk- all the bears are walking up and pouring uh, barbecue sauce into the evil cauldron and... <laughs> Uh, resurrecting something uh, that can take down Shirtless Bear Fighter. The other ridiculous comic I ran into was... Uh, that was definitely ridiculous. Yeah, it was completely ridiculous. Like, like, like And then I'm reading uh, freaking um, Savage Avengers. Um, Conan's trapped by yet another evil sorcerer from back in the day. And we've got shirtless um, bear fighter Conan. Gotcha. It would make it would make sense. Uh, Freaking um, uh, Deathlock is actually the new Deathlock is actually Miles Morales uh, resurrected as the new Deathlock, but like Miles Morales encounters his future self as him. We've got Weapon H. Uh, I mean, like it's it's completely off the wall. Weapon H is a guy that was empowered with gamma radiation and all of everything of Weapon X. He's basically Wolverine and Hulk. Wolver Hulk. Yeah, and the the team is uh, led by Elektra, and we've got um, <laughs> Cloak and Dagger as part of the part of the crew, and it, it's just completely off the wall. Ironheart is transpiring, trying to help them from the future, in the past, and okay, uh, it's fun. Artwork was literally freaking like on point it was such good artwork and then uh what else did i encounter freaking um hulk which i this this my my whole point i'm sorry no i didn't say anything no hulk uh 
number eight, written by uh, uh, Donny Cates. Uh, a gamma infused Hulk is fighting. I'm sorry, a gamma infused Thor is fighting Hulk, who has now been imbued with the powers of Thor with Mjolnir. Uh, Thor's destroyed the uh, the Rainbow Road, um, and Odin appears to Banner, who's mechanically orchestrating the entire thing that the Hulk is doing as a physical entity. And like you got you got to do this. Now you have the powers of uh, freaking Thor, and all the Asgardians are like, "Oh my God! Like uh, this is happening." Okay. Um, this is extremely ridiculous. Um, and uh, Beta Ray Bill shows up and like, no, you don't understand. The, the the Thor I know has always been holding back, trying to be worthy. He's been trying to do everything he could to, you know, be the best person as Guardian God he can. But now he's completely unleashed and fighting the Hulk. And Odin's telling Penner, like, yo, dog, you need push this guy into your gristle, the, uh, uh you gristle, the tree of life, and the tree of life will suck all the gamma out of him, and freaking, um, you know, we'll be done with it. Ah, wrong. He, he rips the, the tree of life out of the ground by its roots. It still doesn't work. Um, Odin calms him down, and all is good, and freaking Tony Stark takes off, who was watching the whole thing, like, hey, what happened to old Hulk? And Thor's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> and, um, uh, okay. We got Oatu watching the whole thing, which makes no sense, because we just finished the, the big story arc, uh, the first big Marvel story arc of the summer, um, in the, uh, Fantastic Four books, where Oatu is now blind, it is now will interact with people but now he is still blind and not interacting and uh yeah there's a lot of confusion here and then i find the mad balls versus the garbage pill kids that's a real thing yes um I'm not arguing about it. I love I love those. It's two of my favorite things from when I was a kid. Uh, one of my favorite toys I ever had was um, Oculus Orbis. Uh, I had the the squishy one. Remember, like you soak them in water and it would squirt water at people. Yeah. Uh, well, I had the action figure. His body was uh, a skinless body, like a skinless human body, and you hit a button and the the eye pops out. Um, nice. a very nice family moves into a, uh, basically Detroit. <laughs> There's a really nice house in between two dilapidated homes, and one home is inhabited by the Mad Balls, and on the other side, the other home is inhabited by the Garbage Pill Kids. And the kids just freaking love them, but, like, uh, the parents are like, why is all this fighting happening outside, and... Uh, it breaks down. It was a really quick story. Like, where are our kids? God help us if they're being influenced by uh, any of the other ones. Of course they are. That's the whole point of it. Uh, the whole yeah. point of it when, when we were kids is just freaking loving the uh, the absurdity of it. And then it, it broke down into small little stories where, like, Adam Bomb and, like, 
origin story Adam Bomb and his head blowing up and freaking a uh, uh, couple of pages of just jokes and like what what a, it was all those absurdist books we've read mm-hmm. we've read those books they all serve their purpose if I just read just one of them without being privy to any of this sort of thing I'd be like what the heck is this man like this is stupid yeah. I want a story. Uh, but the absurdist quality of it from all those different aspects, they all have their place. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it reminds me of, like, reading Ren and Stimpy comic books or Beavis and Butthead, where there would be, like, a small story and then, like, uh, one page, like, pretty much like a far side comic, where it'd, yeah. it'd be, like, joke, set up, punchline, and then move on to another one. And then uh, just things that exist just because they want them to exist and it really upped my love of comic books man like it was a lot of fun especially after i didn't have a lot of uh fun reading the last daredevil because yeah um just enjoying some absurdist uh i I even want to say not just absurdist but almost uh freaking surreal dadaist there's no point in this existing, but it still exists. We just wanted to have some fun. Yeah. And uh, the artwork was all, all freaking awesome. Awesome. I mean, like, beautiful, beautiful inks, great coloring, a lot of passion poured into people that were like, yeah, we don't really care that this is probably not going to go anywhere. We're not going to get to issue 100 of freaking Garbage Pill Kids versus Mad Balls. That's not going to happen. Um, most people didn't even see Spawn getting into issue 50 let alone 325 and uh yep but uh i really enjoyed like it it really refreshed me man like uh like now i had a little like uh, and then uh another one i read uh true kilt true cult or no just t-r-v-e space k-u-l-t true cult about a uh the artwork was more like if like if we're talking about like watching like critters or Garspell kids, the artwork of this is like watching clerks. Okay. And um it's about a guy that's a really dedicated food service uh fast food guy and decides he wants to start robbing people. No, that's cool. Why not? You got nothing to lose. You work at a freaking fast food joint. Why not? Just just have some fun, and it it, it really like I mean like uh, all the deep dives I've done like on Bunny Mask or Department of Truth and um, uh, Stillwater. I mean the, the, those had like a, a a serious quality to it where they were trying to get like uh, a morbid um, like idea of what horror is uh, and still have a good story that yeah. that, that could impact you. These were just there's. You're not going to be inspired by any of this other than, like... I mean, like, at the base level, it was, like, having a fun, a lot of fun reading. Did you ever read Cracked Magazine back in the day or or Mad Magazine? Or it was just yeah, ridiculous. here and there. It was just ridiculous. It was just fun. Yeah. And, just uh, dumb to be dumb. Just dumb to be dumb, and why not? And I, I want all these people to succeed. I mean, like, but these... The people that do this sort of artwork, I mean, if they really push it, can be a rat fink or a coop. Um... Like if you're uh, rat fink, uh, you know you see those like giant like 
mutated rats driving those freaking you know supercars or Coop who did like all the Lords of Acid covers, you know the. Yeah, I got the green slime coming out of their mouths and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, why not? I mean, like, um, yep. Like, I pop more for my Lobo action figure than any of the other freaking uh, uh, McFarlane figures I've ever gotten. Would have been better if had a motorcycle, but you know, it is what it is. We'll he'll, we'll get a motor. I'm I'm sure that Uncle Todd is listening. And like, <laughs> why haven't I done a motorcycle? Josh doesn't need. I thought you having the development week. right now. Josh doesn't need pays rent. <laughs> but that, that's so what. I, did, what did he put out this week? Oh, uh, freaking all of uh, a, a new batch of um, Arkham Asylum uh, video game um, Penguin, Catwoman, um, Solomon Grundy, Solomon Grundy. That's probably huge too. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's, I like this guy. It's got to be one of the big ones. Yeah, it's it's, it's huge. Um, but uh, do you have anything left, man? I think I, I didn't want to really go into Daredevil because I really didn't appreciate it. I did like all the random artwork they did. Uh, like every other page was a different artist. Um, I didn't enjoy the story. I felt like it was a tweener. One of those tweener stories that we get when uh, the main writer and the main artist are like behind and they got to fill something in mm-hmm. for a little bit, and I, I don't feel like it gave it any sort of, like, uh, justice. Um, I mean, like, uh, what about uh, X-Men? Uh, you, you had an X-Men book, right? Uh, yeah, it was all right. Freaking, it's kind of, they're, they're building into this whole thing with the Eternals. They got the, the new team after the Hellfire Gala. Yep, second one. It was, you know, we got a, they got Firestar in there now. They got Forge, um, Havoc's in there. Forge, uh, I'm so Iceman. Like it's fun. It's it's all right. Like I was not like. I, I honestly, man, I got halfway into it and I got bored. Yeah, like it, it's cool. I just I I don't care about the Eternals. And I think the whole story, the whole point of this is to get us more into the Eternals, and it's just, you get all these characters all coming out at once, and if you're not, if you don't know who they are, you don't care. Yeah, the main... You you get enough backstory from the movie if you watch the movie, but at the end of the day, they're just, they're basically just fighting monsters, monster monster movie of the week kind of guys. They're over here like, oh, Forge, you know, can you help us out here? And Forge's got this big old gun and shoots this gigantic flying dragon-looking thing. And it just, he's like, uh, it's, a, it's basically a gigantic nanite gun that's going to, once the nanites form, they're going to crystallize and that guy's gone. And they're just taking down all these gigantic monsters while Gene's talking with Icarus about, you know, if you kill any of us, you know, I'm not going to help you, but until you do, I'll help you get to this this place that'll, you know, basically take down the guys that are trying to kill the mutants. Our main so bad she, guy looks like a Bush League apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, we got, uh, we got Cinch and Iceman, Firestar, and freaking uh, Magic and Havoc going down there, you know. And they end up succeeding and getting everything out. Like they end up, you know, sin- uh, 
Cinch hooks, uh, gets with Iceman and utilizes his power, and they take down this gigantic structure. And then they end up coming back up to Krakoa before, you know, trying to, hopefully before things get bad. And then they see, like you said, this gigantic, this even bigger celestial being telling them they've got 24 hours to plead your case, basically. And if there's enough good mutants, we'll, you know, let you guys live. And if if less than half of you guys are good, we're going to destroy everything. And, like, in my mind, it's just, you know, kind of like, who cares? Like, it's just, who who are the Eternals? Why do they matter? Like, these guys were never a big deal. You tried to make them a big deal when you're trying to downplay the X-Men because freaking you didn't own the movie rights. And you made the Eternals movie, and it was long, and it was boring, and nobody cares. So now you're gonna try again because you're already greenlit a sequel. Yeah, and we're like back to She-Hulk. They're already crapping on it because like there, there's a lot of things that aren't fair, and I, I imagine that the people that are really trying to push the Eternals are really into it. I mean, like. I mean, you've heard Colin talk about, like, everything's, like, galactic when it comes to, like, Marvel. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no... Freaking, uh... Adam Warlock is a hard sell. Mm-hmm. And, but the people that are really into it, I mean, like, there there's no in-between. And... Yeah. I, like, he's clued me on to, like, Eternal Books, and I've read them, and I just they weren't that fun and they just weren't my deal but like I don't want this book to fail but I'm saying it's probably going to fail personally man it's just like it's not for me it's nothing nothing I'm into nothing I'm enjoying like I don't you know like I said sadly they're like they are it's kind of like you know how AEW is always like, oh, you know, you have to watch Rampage, you have to watch Dynamite, you got to watch Being the Elite, yeah. you got to watch Dark to get to get everything. To for all these characters to make sense, you have to watch everything. That's not fair. Yeah, I don't have time. Do I don't have time to read everything? Yeah, that's why we keep. Like, I don't. That's why I don't keep, care about the Eternals. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's why we keep Blockbuster at like thirty minutes. Like, you don't have yeah. time for another show. And. We'll give you a little juicy nugget. Come to the show, but uh, that's something special that is uh, not to be redundant, but uh, specialized as yeah. is high class kick kick ass number three, um, freaking um, indie wrestling. But we're not trying to push it off. Like I mean, if like we, you and I, if if the the powers that be of New Era were um, picked to write an X Men story, we're not landing on the Eternals. Yeah, not even. That's the thing. Like, you're expecting me to know. Like I don't know who these people are. You know, I think the only one, the only one I could tell you about back in the day was Crystal. I actually think she's an Inhuman, not an Eternal. Yeah. And I really don't 
I don't know enough about them to know the difference. No. Or care to, like, even, like, do extensive research and, like... I mean, like, Colin gave me some books and I read them. Uh, that, like, I'm glad he liked them. But, like... Yeah. Because, like, one of my favorite resurrected... A resurrected Colin would be really good for this right now. I know. I mean, like, uh, we've got issue 50 coming on. Like, we might uh, do some voodoo. Some hoodoo. I prefer hoodoo because it's funnier. Nice. Plus, well, yeah, I just like I don't, I don't know these characters. I don't, I don't really like. I don't know enough about them to care. And like, not, if you if you're not like, and I I love some Jack Kirby, and Jack Kirby's one that created the Eternals, and they're supposed to be basically Marvel's version of the, the New Gods. And I'm a big Mister Miracle fan, and freaking just doesn't do it for me. Right, and I'm glad you brought up Mister Miracle because like that, I think that's a good roundabout. Uh, to wrap this up is the fact that like Mr. Miracle is a hard sell for a lot of people Mm -hmm. but like you're not like if if you introduced me to Mr. Miracle which you pretty much did um, you didn't like you gave me some like you didn't take me to like the like the Mr. Miracle freaking comic con where if I don't haven't read every issue I'm a piece of crap you showed me a couple of nuggets and yeah, I dug them. Um, but like, it's it's not like there's gonna be a Mister Miracle movie in the next hundred years. <laughs> but um, I think he's I think he's actually getting. I think they're doing a New Gods movie. I hope they do. I mean, like, I mean, you and I'd be into it. But like, the the the, the thing is though, uh, I think my. But let me rephrase this. My point is is that it's a hard sell, and their freaking proposal wasn't strong enough. Yeah. Was and, and, and I'm not saying they didn't try hard enough. I mean, obviously, this is something really specialized, so they probably kept to their guns on certain things and didn't compromise on things. And I really hope that they didn't, because this isn't a bad book. It's just yeah. It's just um. I'm not saying I'd rather go see an Avengers movie rather than a Mr. Miracle movie. What I'm saying is like, give me some like meat and potatoes, like we always say. Yeah. Give us some meat and potatoes. Give me, a re- give, give me a reason to care. Yeah. Uh, when Miles Morales came out, I remember uh, no one gave a crap. Freaking, mm-hmm. I got those issues. Uh, I've got double issues of some of them that were in the bargain bin because they couldn't move them. Yeah. And now those books are worth thousands of dollars. Of course you want Miles Morales. He's awesome. Into and Into the Spider Spider Verse was one of the best Spider Man movies ever. Probably the best one, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But um, definitely, definitely a top contender. But our but we're we're on the same page here. Just give us a good sell. They, yeah. They didn't sell Miles Morales the right way at the beginning, but now they figured out how to, and now like we're. Uh, Frankly, freaking another boring summer. I'm never excited for the summer blockbuster spectaculars. I haven't been since no. since freaking Siege. Uh, the stuff that I mean, like we've been talking about how don't ever discredit something because it's not an issue one. Like issue number seven forty five might be like one of the most valuable issues ever. Mm-hmm. And they're 
they're trying their best, and I wish them well, but I'm, 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 I'm saying no thank you. Yeah, it's not, like I said, it's not my, not my personal bag. But that's all I got for the books this week, man. I mean, like, like uh, we, we dug pretty deep, man. Like, it wasn't, like, one of those weeks where, like, it was... Actually, it was. We had Daredevil, Detective, Robin, um... All the crazy books I listed off. X-Men. And, um... And we'll see, man. Um, but it, it can't always be, you know, blockbusters. Except Saturdays. Because um, Saturdays. Uh, blockbuster right every Saturday. Yeah, blockbuster Saturday, man. We got uh, yeah. tickets available for the next show still, man. And, uh, guys, it's been sellout for a while. Uh, if you don't get there early. And, obviously, we're a little biased. Um, but if you don't get there early, you're going to be standing up for a while. Exactly. You're gonna be standing up. But yeah, no, no, we got a, we got this con this Saturday, and then freaking New Era coming up after that. So, is that the good next, time, man. Is that the next? No, that's next next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then we had two weekends between this, the con and the, the con and the show, if I remember correctly. And we, I know the con September September 10th is the uh, the show. Yep. But. Uh, I think it's my turn. All right, sounds like a plan. Guys, this is Minefields. We appreciate you listening. We love you. Uh, buy the tickets to New Era. Buy the t-shirts, as Miss Morales uh, so coinfully says all the time, because we've got great shirts. Uh, there might be a new Junsu shirt coming up. Uh, Freaking another special surprise. But this transmission is over, and this is dangerous. Good night.